Appreciate your parents having your kids in church. It's important. Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to be able to read a very uh, familiar verse to us this morning. Uh, you've heard this verse before. Uh, I've, I've definitely used this verse in some of my messages before. And so, but I think it kind of sets the tone uh, for uh, what we just experienced yesterday. And what we're getting ready to experience next week as we celebrate the birthday of our nation. But if you find your place, stand with me together. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. One verse. Uh, here's what the scripture says. And man, this is a powerful verse of scripture. Think about this as I read it to you. The Bible says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Let's read it together. Amen. Here we go. You ready? Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask now that you bless as we come to the preaching time. We ask that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord. And ask, Lord, as I do every uh, Sunday, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as our personal Savior, I ask, Lord, that they would accept you before it's eternally too late. I pray that you bless us, Lord, as uh, your people who are saved to allow the Word of God to change us and help us and make us better for you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Here's the title of the message this morning, not anything we've been unfamiliar with. In fact, some of you wore my sermon title on your t-shirt yesterday. Here's what it's titled, Faith, Family, and Freedom. Amen. Faith, Family, and Freedom. So there you go. It's only going to be three points. Amen. And in case you were wondering, sometimes I get you know multiple points going. Three. Amen. Faith, Family, Freedom. And uh, But uh, I love this verse. I love what the teaching is of this verse. Righteousness exalteth a nation. That word exalteth, it means to bring up. It means to make high. It means to promote. And when you think about America, by the way, folks, listen to me. Let me just, I, I know who I'm sitting in the midst of. Amen. I'm sitting in the midst of a bunch of red-blooded Americans. Amen. Yep. But, but, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we start buying into the lies of the culture but listen, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing to be ashamed about, about being thankful for that you are an American. Amen? Yeah, yeah, right. Listen, it doesn't mean we, we, we uh, uh, look down on people from other countries. But I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, America is the greatest nation on the planet. Right. Amen? Yeah. By the way, I will say this. Look at the litmus test. What country are people uh, literally risking uh, life and limb over to get into? Amen? You don't see people trying to get smuggled into Afghanistan and trying to get smuggled into some of these other nations. Oh, no. They want to be here. Amen? Listen, I love America. And I, and I love this country. And I love everything about this country. You cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. Amen? Let me tell you, uh, when you look at that verse, there's a principle that's taught there. Righteousness exalted a nation. You know, when compared to other nations of, uh, of the world, America has been made high. And I don't say that in pride. Amen? I say that because of what God has done for us. But listen, God has exalted America. Uh, America leads the world in, in, in a lot of things. It leads the world in reserve currency, military spending, arms exports, medical research, technological innovation, robotics, billionaires, stock exchange, aerospace innovation, Olympic sports, higher education, charitable giving, roads. I like this one. 
beef and cheese production. Amen. <laughs> Wagyu beef. Amen. Uh, natural gas output, nuclear power output, fast food, and on and on the list goes. Folks, I'm going to tell you, God has exalted America. I'm not saying other nations don't have these things, but I'm just saying by these facts, folks, listen, America has been lifted up. You say, why has America been exalted to the status she is? I believe there's a biblical answer to that. And I believe that first and foremost starts with the first point of our message this morning, and that is faith. Amen? That is faith. By the way, not just any faith. I said, I said this on the video interview. It's not a matter of faith. Everybody has faith. It's a matter of what your faith is in. Some people have their faith in themselves. Some people have their faith in science. Some people have their faith in this false God or that false God. But America, as it was founded, had its faith in the right foundation. And that was in the Almighty God of heaven. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is faith, by the way? It kind of seems to be a term that everybody has a definition about. Well, let's let the Bible define what faith is. And according to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, faith is simply this. It's your belief and confidence in God and His Word that moves you to action. Amen? That's what faith is. Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. Faith isn't some magical feeling that that if you close your eyes and meditate a certain way, it flows through your soul. That's not faith. Faith is real. Faith is tangible. Amen? Faith is belief in Almighty God. And I believe God so much, it moves me to action. And that's what our country was founded upon. From our very founding, the pilgrims and Puritans left England and landed on Plymouth Rock a little over 400 years ago. God has blessed what has become to be known this great nation that we all call home. In these last 400 years, which, by the way, folks, think about this, compared to most nations of the world, is a very young nation. Very young. America is one of the most youngest nations on the planet. The providential hand of God can be clearly seen in the shaping and forming of our great country. Despite despite what the liberals say, the liars say, and the God-haters try to say, America was founded as a Christian nation. By the way, I didn't say Muslim nation. I didn't say atheist nation. I didn't say a nation of God-hating liberals. I said a Christian nation. Our founders were far from perfect, no doubt. Not all were born again, sold out Christians. But one thing they had in common, one thing they shared, was the fact that they had a healthy dose of the fear of God in their lives. By the way, we need that back in America today. A healthy dose of the fear of God. Here's what some of our founding fathers said. Listen now, amen? By the way, there's a reason they're trying to revise history. They don't want these quotes in the history books. Here's what John Quincy Adams said. It is not that in the chain of human events... The birthday of the nation is linked with the birthday of the Savior. That it forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation. Is it not the Declaration of Independence that was first organized, the social compact of the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon earth, that has laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity? One of our founding fathers. Amen. How about this, Patrick Henry? Well, know him, right? Give me liberty or give me death. Hey, he said a lot more than that. Here's what he said. Righteousness alone can exalt America as a nation. By the way, exactly the verse I read this morning. Righteousness alone can exalt America as a nation. Whoever thou art, remember this. 
and the spear of practical virtue thyself, and encouraging others, that the great pillars of all government and of social life, I mean virtue, morality, religion, this is my armor, my friend alone, and that right there, the fact that righteousness renders us invincible. Wow. Invincible. That's what Patrick Henry said. Here's what John Adams said. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Did you get what I just said there? John, John Adams, that there's no power of contending human passions unbridled by morality and religion. The fact that morality and the Bible is what bridles these, these human passions. Amen? Mm -hmm. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Right. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You want to know why right now we're seeing all that's going on in our country, all the division, all the fighting, all the turmoil? Because you know what? Just like you said, the Constitution was written for moral and religious people. Amen. That's why. Amen. Thomas Jefferson. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis? A conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God? That they are not to be violated but with His wrath? By the way, be violated but by his wrath. When I had our meeting with our mayor a couple weeks ago about what was happening in our town, I, I, I said, and I was respectful, and I appreciate our mayor. I appreciate what uh, our city council. Uh, the Bible says we ought to pray for them. We ought to hold them in reverence, and I appreciate that. But I said to our mayor, I said, Mayor, listen to me. If, if we allow this event to happen in town, God's going to bring his judgment upon our community. By the way, that's not riserology. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. Because the Bible says, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Yeah. I didn't say it. God said it. Yeah. By the way, someone needs to remind the leadership what the Bible says. Yeah. In the right, respectful way. Amen? And I don't know what anybody else is going to do, but God's going to put me here to do it. Amen? And here's what Thomas Jefferson said. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and His justice is cannot sleep forever. If our founding fathers had that, folks, figured out 240-some years ago when America was a lot more moral than it is now, could you imagine what it is now? I'm going to tell you, our forefathers would not recognize this nation if they were alive today. Amen? How about this? One more. i got a lot more. I won't read them all to you. Uh, George Washington. While we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought not to be inattentive to the higher duties of religion, to the distinct character of a patriot. It should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of a Christian. Amen? Listen, folks, that's how our country was founded. Amen? It was founded on faith. It was founded on faith. I've told, I've told the church this before, but I've been to Washington, D.C. I've walked through there. I've been to, the, to the, the, uh, the memorials. I've seen etched in granite all over our nation's capital the Word of God. Amen? Yeah. I laid my eyes on it. Listen, they can try to hide it all they want. They can do what our city's done. They can try to plant bushes around it so you yeah. can't see it up here on the corner of the courthouse, the Ten Commandments. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You can't erase the founding of this nation. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That is, America was founded as a Christian nation. Founded on faith. Yeah. Founded on faith yeah. in Almighty God. Yeah. Number two, let's talk about family. Amen? Family. The family is the key component that holds a society together. 
By the way, why do you think Satan has attacked, always attacked, and will continue to attack the traditional family? Yeah. By the way, the family was God's first divine institution. And because God founded it, don't miss this now, God alone has the right to define it. Right. Amen? Genesis chapter 1, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Come on now. Male and female created he them. God, by the way, God's not confused about what makes a family. Neither should we. Neither should we. God used a family to produce great people that help add good and godly things to our nation. Maybe that's why, think about this, maybe that's why the abortion is so prevalent in our day and age. Maybe Satan's afraid of who God could raise up to help heal the nation, so instead of taking a chance, he slaughters the innocents. Amen? By the way, so goes the family, so goes the society. When we see in the Bible biblical examples of God uh, wiping out a society who corrupted His divine institution of the family. We see that. Genesis chapter 13. The Bible talks about those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And He says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly, exceedingly, and again, I'm not going to get into the whole story, folks. But you know what you see here? You see God wiping out civilizations. You know why? Because they corrupted His institution of marriage. By the way, it wasn't just that sin that corrupted that society. There was all kinds of sins going on. And by the way, folks, listen to me. God's a merciful God. Aren't we thankful for it? Amen? I'm glad God showed mercy to me in my life. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Don't ever, ever, ever mistake the mercy of the suffering of God for the fact that God overlooks sin and will not deal with it. Amen? God's going to deal with it. The verse I just quoted to you, marriage is honor and all, and the bed undefiled with whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. But you know what? The Bible has a lot to say about family. God's about the family. Hey, hey now, we ought to be about the family. Amen? And then how about the word freedom? Amen? Freedom. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verse 36, If the Son, capital S-O-N, therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. By the way, we need you to define that word freedom. Because unfortunately, it's just like all other words, it's been twisted. It's been changed to mean something God never intended for it to mean. According to the ultimate source of truth, that's Jesus Christ Himself, true freedom is knowing the truth and having a relationship with God Himself. Amen? That's true freedom. By the way, here's what I said when I had that interview a few weeks ago. True freedom is more concerned with its responsibilities and its rights. Right. True freedom is not doing whatever you want to do. True freedom is doing, first of all, what honors the Lord, and secondly, what advances biblical standards of righteousness and morality in our community. Right. By the way, I said true freedom. Yeah. Now, other people may uh, define freedom a different way, but we got to define it according to what God defines it as. Right. Amen? Listen now, righteousness brings God's blessing upon the community. Wickedness brings God's judgment upon the community. Yeah. By the way, you can chart that all through history. You can chart it through through, through the Bible. You can chart it through uh, studying uh, the history of other cultures. We were talking earlier to some folks. Uh, someone was telling me they, they watched a, a documentary about Rome and the fall of the Roman Empire. Listen, folks, Rome used to be uh, the, the capital of the world. I mean, come on, we still use terminology that way, right? All roads lead to Rome. I mean, Rome was a world-dominant empire. 
I mean, at, at the point when Rome ruled the world, they, they couldn't be touched. But you know, you start studying history. Listen, they weren't destroyed from without. They were destroyed from within. You know why? Okay? Because they glorified and indulged in immorality. All forms of immorality. Amen? Number two, they were more concerned about pleasure than work. They were, concerned, they were consumed with pleasure. They were consumed with the gains. They were consumed with all this stuff. Number three, taxation without representation. Uh, uh, levy and ungodly amounts of taxes upon the people. By the way, it crumbled the empire from within. Listen, the one they say about history, history repeats itself. Yeah. If that happened to them, what makes you think it won't happen to us? Right. And that's the road we're walking down. Amen? So wickedness brings God's judgment upon a community. All of our actions bear consequences, some good, some bad. As Christians, come on now, as Christians, because first and foremost we love God, and second of all, because we love people, we want to be involved in things that advance righteousness in our town so God can bless it. Listen, folks, I want God's blessings upon our community. That's what I want as a Christian. I want the people in our community to prosper. Amen? But the only way to do that is to uh, stand for righteousness. Amen? Listen now, hey, perverts have always been perverts. Amen? Nothing changes, folks. There's nothing new under the sun. Right? But it's time for Christians to stand up and be the Christians and stand up for true biblical freedom. Let me show you a passage of Scripture that backs up everything I just said. Amen? Just in case you thought it was riserology. Alright? Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Now I want you to notice some things as I read this passage of Scripture to you here. And notice some words in this, in, in this passage of Scripture. Now I by no means have time to... Uh, totally uh, uh, do a whole Bible study on this passage. So I want you to pick up on a few things here. Romans chapter 6. And uh, see if you can pick it up as I read through here. Beginning in verse 15. Here's what the Bible says. What then, Romans chapter 6 verse 15, What then shall we, uh, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey. Notice this. Whether of sin and of death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were, notice that word, were, past tense, right? Were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that from that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness, and to iniquity, uh, into iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were, there's that word again, past tense, the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. But what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, become the servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what word you saw repeated over and over there? Free. Yeah. Free. Amen? You know what that passage is teaching us, folks? Is that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, He frees you from sin. Right. And by the way, listen, people who think they're free, but indulge into the sinful lifestyles of the flesh, 
They're not free at all. They're in bondage to the flesh. They're in bondage to sin. They're in bondage to this world. By the way, there's a high price for being in bondage to those things. Let me tell you something. They think as Christians, oh, you bunch of Christians, you're a bunch of legalists. You gotta live under this. You gotta live under that. Let me tell you something. Living for Jesus Christ, living for Jesus Christ, is where the freedom's truly at. Where it's at, amen. We're free in Christ. God has broken the bonds of that stuff. That is true freedom. That's true freedom, amen. Now, don't don't be nervous here, okay? That was the introduction. You ready for the message? Okay. Let me tell you what all what I just said means to us today. Okay, here's the practical part of the message. Faith, all right? Here's where it gets practical. If you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation from sin, death, and hell, listen, you need to put your faith in Him today and make sure that you're saved. Amen? If you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you need to take your faith and you need to place it in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Folks, i got news for you. Amen? This world ain't lasting forever. By the way, I'm thankful for that, right? I love life. I love the life God's given me to live. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't want to live forever on this sin-cursed earth. I don't want to live forever in this sin-cursed body. Amen? Amen. Listen, folks, the real life is the next life to come that we're going to be living in eternity with our Savior, Jesus Christ. But listen, folks, if you're going to make it to heaven, it ain't going to be anything you've done. It's not going to be because of anything I've done. It's only based upon the merit of Jesus Christ and His shed blood on the cross of Calvary. If you want to be saved, there must be a moment in time you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Jesus said this in John chapter 3 when He was talking to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was trying to figure out what he meant. He was thinking earthly. He's like, well, how can I enter again in my mother's womb? And, and he's like, you know, what you're saying doesn't make sense. No, Jesus wasn't talking about physical birth. He was talking about spiritual birth. Listen, the reason we're all here today is because we all had a physical birthday. Amen? If you were here during the Sunday school hour, we, we all uh, recognize those who had a birthday the previous week. And we sing happy birthday to them. Amen? And some folks this last past week had a physical birthday. They celebrate a physical birthday. Listen, that's why we're here. Because we have a physical birthday. But if you're going to be in heaven one of these days, you must have a spiritual birthday. There must have been a moment in time where you put your faith in Jesus Christ and ask Him to save you from your sin. And you declared all your faith and dependence upon Him for salvation. That's called being saved. Amen? It's called being born again. As I look around this room, I see people in here that I know your testimony. Amen? You know why? Because I was there when you got saved. And, I, and, and uh, uh, the, 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 you, you can tell me it, it's etched in your mind the moment that you accepted Christ as Savior. Most of you in here, I know your testimony. You've shared it before. But let me just encourage you this morning. If you don't know for sure when you die you're going to heaven, if you've never been saved, hey, why don't you get saved today? Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ wants to offer you true freedom. Yeah. So you need to get saved if you've never been saved. But c- come on now, we're not done yet. If you are saved, come on, Christians. All of our actions ought to be motivated by faith. Listen, you don't just have faith to get saved, and that's all the faith you need. Oh, no. Oh, no. Listen to me, folks. This thing called faith is a process. Okay? Our faith needs to grow. It needs to grow. Okay? Jesus said all it takes uh, uh, to to move a mountain is a mustard-side seed of faith. That ain't a whole lot of faith. Amen? Sad to say, a lot of Christians don't even have that kind of faith. But whatever your faith at, whatever level it's at, God wants your faith to grow in the Christian life. In fact, the Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Do you hear that? It's impossible to please Him. God has set it up in such a way 
to where we interact with him through faith. Now, by the way, it's not a blind faith. Some people say, oh, seeing what you, or believing what you can't see. Well, I'll be honest with you, folks. I see God all around me. Are you kidding? Just the fact that we're here today is seeing the fact that God has moved and God has orchestrated things. I mean, listen, I see God every time I walk out and enjoy His creation. I see the handiwork of our God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I've never physically, with my physical eyes, seen God with my physical eyes. But I don't need to see with my physical eyes to not know He's real. Are you kidding me? You in this room are evidence that God is real. If I had time to let you share your testimony, many of you could stand up and testify about what God's done in your life. Listen, folks, I'm sitting in the midst of the room. You know, you know, you know what this room's contained full of this morning? Miracles. Miracles. You realize every single one of us have some kind of past? And just because you don't know the person maybe sitting around you, what their story is, everybody's got one. And just the fact that they've come to Christ, or, or, or Lord willing, soon they will come to Christ, that is evidence that God is alive and well in 2023. And listen, He's worth having your faith in. And as Christians, we need to walk by faith. Amen? We need to walk by faith. In fact, the Bible even goes so far to say this, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's what God says. You try doing this thing without me is what He's saying. You're sinning. Come on, Christian. Come on now. We can't do this thing without Jesus Christ. Jesus said, but without me, ye can't do nothing. We can't do it without Him. We, uh, listen, uh, there's no way. I mean, listen, let's be honest. The Christian life's hard enough with God's help. Could you imagine uh, trying to do it without Him? Are you kidding me? What's wrong with us? God's given us all, equipped us with what we need to be a successful Christian. Hey, tap into it, amen? Tap into it. So listen, faith, faith. If you've never been saved, get saved today. Put your faith in Christ. If you are saved, then you know what we need to do? We need to make sure as Christians that we're living our Christian life by faith. By the way, that event that happened yesterday, literally, folks, that was a faith event. Okay, listen, we've never done it before. Okay, we didn't know what was going to transpire from it. All we knew was God said, Let's get this thing done. Amen? God laid it on the hearts of people of this church that that's what He wanted for us to do. And listen, we had a plan. We planned it. And you know what? We didn't know if people would come. We hoped they would come. We thought maybe they would. We didn't know if they would or not. But you know what? We just took the step God told us to take. And guess what? You know what? God accomplished some great things. That's how faith works. Amen? Step at a time. All right? God doesn't always show you the whole path ahead. Most of the time, in fact, He doesn't. All he says, take this step, take the next step, take the next step. And before you know it, you look back, you've come a long way and accomplished a lot of things. You know how? Through faith. Through faith. Family. Amen? Family. Have you ever bought something, tried to put it together, and didn't follow directions? Come on, man, let's be honest, all right? <laughs> bought your wife one of those, you know, uh, uh, quality pieces of furniture from Walmart, okay? And uh, those stupid things, you got to put the things in and screw and try to lock it all. You know what I'm talking about, amen? Not follow directions. You get done, all right? It look, and it looks like you didn't follow directions, okay? <laughs> hey, you know what? Here's what I found out in life, okay? If you follow directions, things are a whole lot easier, okay? They're a whole lot easier. And folks, listen to me. When it comes to the family, I don't think anybody in here would say to me, I don't want a happy, successful family. I think if I asked you, you every person would say that to me. Yes, I want a happy, successful family. Okay? But you know why people aren't getting that result? Come on now. 
They're not following the directions. Oh, we can figure this out on our own. Okay. God gives you free will. You can do it. But listen, you're praying our life the end result of it. Okay? I heard an acronym. You've heard this before about the Bible. Use it as an acronym. Okay? What's the Bible mean? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay? This Bible so many things to us, folks. Let me tell you what else it is. It's an instruction manual. Yeah, right on how to do things and make them work right. Yes, sir. Amen? And one of the things God's interested in is you having a good family. Yep. Let me tell you why. Because a, a family done right in this day and age probably brings more glory and honor to God than anything else. I'll just be honest with you, folks. Because this world's so messed up and people are so confused about everything, when people see a family, when they see a husband and wife that love each other, and they see kids that behave themselves and treat their parents with respect, it's almost like aliens from a different planet. They can't believe it. By the way, you can have that in your life. Yes. I don't care where you're at in your marriage. I don't care where you're at when it comes to raising your kids. If you will apply Bible principles, God can help your family. But you've got to follow the directions. You've got to follow the directions. Amen? And by the way, God has filled His Bible with the instructions on how to have the right kind of family. Now, I don't have time to get into all that this morning. That is honestly a series of messages. Okay? But let me just give you a couple basic things here. All right? First of all, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, Have you not read that He which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Here's Jesus' quote in the verse I, I read to you earlier in Genesis chapter 2. And for this cause shall a man, okay, a man, yeah. leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. Okay, you know what that means? Woman. Yeah. Okay? And they twain shall be one flesh. Yeah. Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, what not man put asunder. We learn a lot of principles from those verses right there. First of all, you know what a marriage is? A man and a woman. Amen. Amen. By the way, there is nothing else besides a man and a woman. I don't think anyone here you confused. But just in case you're starting to drink the Kool-Aid of the culture, there's nothing else out there besides male and female. Period. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what all their stupid books say. I care what God says. Amen? And not just God, common sense. Come on. Amen? Okay? So, man and woman, God puts them together. Amen? Holy matrimony. By the way, God says when they're put together, they're one flesh. That's a miracle done by God, by the way. Amen? A miracle done by God. And then the Bible says, what therefore God has joined together, not let man put asunder. So you know what that means? When God puts you together, you all stay together. Amen? Yeah. And I understand, folks, there's all kinds of different situations here. And I'm not trying to bring up anybody's past, make you feel bad about your past. You go from where you're at right now. That's what God wants for you. But for the sake of these young people, this preacher needs to say some things. Yeah. Amen? And young people, when you get married, you're married to life for that person. You're married to life. By the way, you say some vows when you get married. By the way, those aren't just filler words. No, by the way, I'm not a big fan of people writing their own vows. Let's stick with God's words, amen? Right? It's so shallow, some of the things people say about stuff. Oh, no. Listen, when you get married, you commit to one another. By the way, you, most, most of the time you say something like this, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. By the way, there's going to be some worse times. Right? You know why? Because guess what? You married a sinner, amen? <laughs> And you know what sinners do? They sin! Okay, it's going to be... Brother Mike, loudest amen I've ever heard him say. 
Miss Bonnie, though, really, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's saying it real loud on the inside, though. <laughs> but no, folks, listen to me. There's going to be some worse times. There's going to be, hey, there's going to be some sickness times. There's going to be some poorer times. Listen, you're not in, you're not in it just to, for, you know, well, if everything works out, oh, no. Oh, no. You said vows. Yep. Young people, you remember that, amen? You better make sure you do it God's way. Because once you marry, God wants you to be married to him for life. Amen? And again, folks, I understand different situations out there. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about your past. You go from where you're at right now. But that's what God intends. Basic instructions for the family. And then you know what? Men, God has some instructions for us. He says this, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So want men to love their wives and their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. I will say this, it's so true. How pathetic it is that God had to put that verse in the Bible. Men, love your wives like you love yourself. You know why? Because ain't no, no one man has any problem loving himself. You know why? We are selfish by nature, I can tell you that. As men we are. You better believe we are. Human nature as a whole, but especially men. And God says, look, men, you know what it is to love yourself. You love your wife just like you love yourself. By the way, here's something better than that. You love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Amen. By the way, that's the agape love. Let me tell you what that means. I love you whether you love me or not. That's, right. that's what that means. So, oh, marriage is 50-50. No, it's not. It's 100-0. Mm -hmm. You know what it is? I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. God says I love you unconditionally. You can do anything you want, say anything you want. I love you. Amen. Oh, I know. That's a hard pill to swallow. But that's the Bible, amen? And by the way, that kind of love is, will get you through those hard times. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean, ladies, you don't have responsibility. Because then God addresses your responsibilities, okay? Oh, yeah, by the way, just I think you know this. Bible preaching church, so we're going to preach the Bible. Amen. Wives, oh, here's the word. Oh, my. Here comes the rotten tomatoes. I know it, right? Submit yourselves unto your own husband. Listen to the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. By the way, that doesn't mean men are here or women are here. That's not what it means. Right. It just means, hey, different responsibilities, different positions. And wives, listen, God says for you, you are to, and there's other things, not just this, okay? But you're to submit your authority to your husband's authority. That's what the Bible says. I know it's not popular. I don't care if it's popular. I'm interested in what the Bible has to say. Amen. By the way, my wife and I just celebrated 23 years of marriage. Okay? You know what? We just had a couple in here celebrate 46 years of marriage. Amen. You know why? 47. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not here this morning, but the beans, okay? They just celebrated 50-some years of marriage. Amen. I guarantee I've talked to these folks. You know what they do? Apply Bible principles. Amen. See, that's what Satan wants to do, by the way. Role reversal. We talked about this last Sunday night. He wants men acting like women and women acting like men. He wants men trying to do women's thing, women trying to do men's thing. By the way, it's working. Our society's messed up because of it. Listen, you know what the happy marriages are? Are the ones that follow God's plan. Again, ladies, it doesn't mean you're a lower class. In fact, honestly, my opinion, I think it's a Bible opinion, I think women are the higher class. Absolutely, man. I'm telling you. Guys, you know how messed up this world would be without women? You know how messed up my life is when my wife had gone for a couple of days? Now, she can get by just fine without me, all right? But if she's not there, oh, my goodness, the world falls apart. Laundry stuff's fine, high, 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 right? Okay, frozen pizza, cereal, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, no, I love and my wife's more than just that, okay, amen? But I'm telling you, women, I'm telling you, you have such a responsibility. I mean, the heart of the home is the wife. 
I'm going to tell you, we need to get back to do God's will. Yes. Amen? Because if you'll follow God's plan, it's going to work out. Yes, sir. A, lot of, a lot of folks, when they first started attending this church, marriages were in pretty rough shape. Yep. And you know what? We got together, started talking. My, my, my wife started counseling with the ladies. I started counseling with the men. We did some stuff together. And lo and behold, they started applying Bible principles. Now they can stand sitting in and next together in church together. Amen? <laughs> no, listen, God's transformed those marriages. He's helped them. You know why? Not because of me. Not because of my wife. Because the Bible works. Let's apply the Word of God. That's what this church is about, by the way. Amen? And I hope that's what you want in your life. I hope you do. Not everybody does. I hope you do. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God's amazing when we do it His way. And then you know what, kids? God has instructions for you, too. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, thou mayest live long on the earth. Listen, kids, God wants you to obey. Obey. By the way, parents, it's, it's time we get back to his parents teaching our kids to obey. By the way, if you wait till they're 12 to do this, you wait way too long. This starts when they're young. This starts when, you know, they don't want to pick up that toy. And guess what? They're going to pick it up because you're the parent. That means kids don't get to do what they want to do. They do what parents tell them to do. Oh, yeah. We believe that around here. Amen. By the way, kids, that's your responsibility. Obey your parents. Listen, parents, let's train our kids to obey. Amen? And so that's what the family's about. And then quickly, freedom. Freedom. By the way, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the freedom found in Jesus Christ? Hey, who here is thankful to be set free from Satan, sin, and self? Can I get an amen? I'm so glad those aren't my masters anymore. Amen? Amen? But here's the question. Here's the question. If we've been made free from that, why do we still desire the old life of bondage? I mean, listen, folks. God has set us free from all that stuff. And I get it. I get it. You still got the desires of the flesh because your flesh didn't get saved. Your spirit got saved. We got to battle the flesh. But God has removed the power of that. He's given us a greater power to live inside of us. Why are we still desiring the old life of bondage? I never get that. Christians who've been set free, Christians who've experienced freedom, but they want to keep whining and griping about the Egypt that they left behind. By the way, Israel did that. Israel did that. Numbers chapter 14. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God we had died. I mean, I could hear him saying it in our little stupid whiny voices. Would God we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives, our children should be afraid? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Are you kidding me? Egypt? The land of bondage? The land where all they did was work to build the cities of Pharaoh. I mean, all they did was work all the time. The Bible says Pharaoh made him serve with rigor. This wasn't just a 40-hour week, a work week. Oh, no. They served hard. They were dying because of the work. And they were griping and complaining about wanting to go back there. What is wrong with God's children? God has set us free. Let's be free from that stuff. Amen? Listen, folks. Satan does not have any part of your best interest at heart at all. He's not your friend. I don't care what lies he tries to tell you. I don't care what he tries to deceive you into. He has nothing good for you. Why in the world do we keep falling for his stupid lies? Amen? Listen, if, if we'll get in the Word, we'll get in the good Bible preaching church, we can stay free from that stuff. Amen? So listen, we've got to make a decision. 
I love what Brother Joshua said to Israel before they got ready to conquest or as they were conquesting the Canaan land. Here's what he said. If it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and make a decision. Let me just encourage you. Choose God's side. Choose God's way. Choose following the Word of God. I'm telling you, folks, listen, it's worth choosing the Lord. Amen? So, hey, make a, make a decision on who you're serving. Service to Satan equals bondage. Service to God means freedom. Amen? Yeah. It means freedom. So, faith, family, freedom. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning.